Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of The Edric Show. I am your host, Edric Jerome. This is the place for intelligent conversation with interesting people. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button, and that way you'll get notified each and every time I post this interesting content on my YouTube channel. My guest today is Jim C. Colley. She's here to discuss her latest book, The War in the Heavens, Breaking the Chain of Generational Curses. Jim is a Jamaican-American author, speaker, and mental health advocate. She holds a master's degree in psychology from the University of Maryland, and her first book, Damsel in Distress, Coping with Emotional Codependency, is an Amazon bestseller. She's also the founder of The Essence of the Empress, a nonprofit organization that provides resources and support to survivors of trauma. Jim, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. A warm welcome. Thank you very much. Oh, you're very welcome. So uh, let's get into the book. So tell me about your book. Uh, what inspired you to write it? And uh, what wanted, what dis- how did you decide to, to put this book out uh, now? The War in the Heavens, Breaking the Chains of Generational Curses. It's not more so what inspired me to write it, but it was more so my internal self that inspired me to write it. So it's more so whom that um, inspired me to write it. It was the need to the need to heal is what inspired me to write um, the book, The War in the Heavens. Hmm. Um, and to that uh, extent, uh, what was it or what is it about your own experience with generational trauma? Uh, how did that influence your, your ability as a writer? And what are some of the ways that that experience uh, put you to the point where you could write this book? My experience um, with generational trauma as I began to write this book was having to actually become aware and awakening about what was happening in my culture, having to go deep down inside and to understand the impact of the breakdown and where it began and not to take it offensively, but to understand that The trauma that was impacted on my culture left such a grandiose mark that it became our identity. Mm. And that the generations before me and the generations now that I'm dealing with is not that they specifically hate me as Jem Kali, but it was the information that was given to them. It was the tools that they were using. And so in their time, they didn't have the opportunity like I have now to talk about breaking curses because they needed to survive those curses. And those curses became a personality and those curses became a culture. And so the awakening began in me to take on such a giant yet daunting task because you have to break away so many layers of the trauma that was planted inside of you, the trauma that was planted inside of more so of the proverbial womb, that it became like a womb a trauma surrogate hmm. carrying on legacy of impact of dysfunctionality. If that makes any sense. It does. It does. And I would imagine at some point, uh, as you were uh, coming to realize and recognizing and becoming aware of this trauma and how it impacted you, uh, what were some of the steps you took to get to that point where you were even aware of the trauma? Cause many people, uh, as you know, aren't even aware of the trauma, especially the generational trauma and how it affects them in their day-to-day life. No, because again, because it's something that we adapted so much 
And I believe that some of the traumas that affect us as human, um, as a as a, as human beings, is a, is a survival mechanism. We're stuck in the in the in the space of survival, and so when we're stuck in the space of survival, it creates a need of um, it creates a dysfunctionality that no one questions it because it's what we've been doing. It's tradition, and no one questions tradition, and so. The universe had to break me down in order for me to get down to the root cause of what happened. And when I mean break down, it had to tear down everything around me, meaning losing my, my place of residence, losing every money that I have, losing access to everything and put me in physically a homeless shelter where I had to be in a space with like 15 different women hmm. um, who too were experiencing, they, I felt like they were a reflection of me. Um, experience and it was women of all shades and nationality that was in that room. And each time I look at each person, there was no finger that I could crawl a point point at because they were all different reflection of me, of where I was, where I used to be, and what I escaped if I had made certain decisions that they have made. And so getting to that point and being in that type of environment, it felt like at first, whoa, like, you know, like, Woe unto me, but I didn't understand that I was going through a, a phase of schooling to understand this is what's going on. But in that space, being in that environment, I learned to understand that it's not that the generation hate me or my family hates me. It's because their behavior is dysfunctional and they don't even know it's dysfunctional. And so my impact of the forgiving and understanding where the trauma breakdown begun at, it just doesn't rely on me getting out of the situation, but forgiving them and understanding will also help them to come out of that, of that grave too. And like the late Marcus Mosiah Garvey said, we are all crabs in a barrel. And some of us, in, and there's levels to that barrel. You know, some people might call it the sunken place. You know, if I'm not over explaining myself, but... um. That's, 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 that's where it was. And it's such a personal, I mean, everybody's story and experiences are, are unique to their own circumstances in some ways. I mean, there's some commonalities, uh, but in your case, you were able to recognize the trauma, acknowledge it, go through the process uh, and attempts at healing. But at the same time, you have this gift of writing. And so how was writing uh, as, as a form of expression able to help you get through some of these uh, uh, layers of trauma so that you were even in a position to help others with your writing? The writing allowed me to become more aware um, because now it's being placed in front of you. Now when you're writing it out, now when you're talking about it in script, um, it gives you an opportunity to be able to identify now what does that look like? And so it became like this ha-ha moment, like, okay, I'm writing about this. What This is what transpired. Wow. So this is what understanding, and I would use this one example. Growing up in Jamaica as a little girl, um, I grew up in a place where it was war every day. And it was like a battlefield, but it didn't seem that way because I didn't have anything to compare and contrast it with. 
And um, my grandmother and my grandfather had 12 children. And we all, you know, this environment that we live in was very much community. It was a community or is a community. And my mother's youngest brother was an abuser. He abused women. He abused every relationship he got into. And so one day um, when he finally met his match, this woman decided that she's not going to be like an, or, or those other women and take any of the abuse. She's going to fight back. And so she did. And one day they got into it and it was so deep that he took a stone and threw a hat her. When he, and they were just throwing stones at each other. They were telling us to go inside. I was nine years old. But I wanted to see what was happening. He threw a stone and hit her in her temple. And she fell on the ground and she was just battering. At the time, I didn't know that. Um, I can't remember the word, but she was what she was going through at the time. And she was having a seizure. And um, almost to death, after she, after she came from out the hospital, she came back to him. In that position, in that time, I did not know that I was being conditioned to accept abuse as okay. And so it written so deep in my DNA, I reenact that situation over and over again where people will violate my boundaries or abuse me in so many ways I didn't even know what abuse looked like. And so writing about that trauma and how, you know, how it, um, it impacted my brain, it made me realize that this is dysfunctionality and this is what my understanding of what relationship began to look like. And so that's what it was to me in, in that paradigm. So it, it became an awakening, um, writing about these stories and, and where they came from, you know? Um, I didn't time. understand at the time, yeah. At the I time, I didn't understand that... Um, these things were abused. So going forward as an adult in my friendship with people, no matter how deep they abused me, I always forgave them because I saw in that situation where someone almost murdered this woman and she came back thinking, thinking that it was okay. And so I didn't even know how to escape that, how to come up out of it because it was so impacted into my brain. It was so impacted into my liver. It became my personality. So... Um, that's what that was um, for me, you know, writing these things, thinking that sometimes um, your dysfunctionality is different from someone else's, but because it's showing up differently. And so writing these books, um, even though it was so personal, I feel like it's not just generational. I feel like it's universal because generational curses even though it shows up differently for everyone it doesn't have a color it's not prejudice it's not um biased it doesn't have a race it is what it is you know and for some culture they just pledge allegiance to it um in addition to going through everything you've gone through and and i'm glad you're at a position now where you can reflect back and i can still see it's painful for you so uh please if you need to take a moment we can um, but my question is in not only were you dealing with all of this uh you actually migrated to the united states so on top of everything that you were going through uh and everything you were exposed to now you're put in a situation where the culture is different the language is different and you have a whole new set of things to to impact the trauma that you're already going through. So what was that process like, you know, coming to America and trying to unpack all of that while at the same time trying to, you know, become a part of this culture? Coming to America 
I thought um, anything outside of what I learned while I was in Jamaica, because I came to America at a very young age, like 11 years of age. So I didn't have an understanding then. Coming to America and becoming, coming to America, migrating from one culture to the next, um, you know, you go through separation anxiety. Um, so still holding steadfast of the culture because to you, that's your culture, is your identity. And the dysfunctionality is your identity. So even if anyone was to go against it, you would look at them as an enemy to the dysfunctionality. So it's when I became an older person and started to migrate and start to associate myself with different people in different culture, I realized that, hey, this is not right. No one is supposed to talk to me like that. I'm not supposed to get treated like that. And so it's not just coming to... Um, it's not just coming to the to adapt to the American culture. It's more to, to adapt to self-awareness more so than anything. Because you can be a part of the American culture and still carry on a dysfunctionality differently with the same behavior. It's just being expressed differently because it's from two different cultures. Uh, in the title of your book, uh, you actually list the war in the heavens. And so maybe you can talk to me a little bit about um, how can generational trauma how does it create a, a quote unquote war in the heavens, which I think you kind of define as like either between the soul and the ego or how, how can you uh, give me a little bit more information about that piece? You're correct. Um, a lot of people, when I might mention war in the heavens, they're thinking about the sky. Um, when I talk about the heavens, I'm talking about the mind because the mind is the heavens. Um, and so when I speak about the war in the heavens, I'm talking about those intrusive thoughts that are connected to the environment, the culture, social status, religion, and everyday things that we go around. Those are those intrusive thoughts, those, those um, imposter syndrome, those self-esteem, that, that, those words that tell us that, hey, you're not nothing, no matter how great you are, no matter what you do, you will never achieve nothing because achievement is supposed to look like this. And so it's be constantly, you having these words in your mind you know, of what you believe things are supposed to be like. Um, I would take again, for example, Jamaica, because that's what I know most. Um, there's a place in Jamaica called Tivoli Gardens or Gaza, as they will call it. Um, there's a, in, in these ghettos in Jamaica, there's no second thought of thinking to say that, okay, maybe Jem stepped on my feet and maybe she didn't um, know what she was going on. Maybe she's visually impaired. They don't think secondly. They think, yo, you're violent, you're violent. And, and, and it's war. You know, so I came with that same type of mindset that you got to cuss people out. You got to talk down to people and you got to always be at war. So constantly in my mind, I was always at war that and it was showing up everywhere I went. So war in the heavens means so the way we thinking, you know, um, versus our perception, our awareness, how we feel about ourselves, how we feel about other people, how we behave, those thoughts that we have, those negative thoughts. You know, that we battle with in our mind, trying to remove those things. Those are, those are constantly war that we go through in the mind. And again, these things are can pass down to generations or you, it's a universal effect, you know, because everything around us does affect how we think. Um, last question about this book, and then I want to get uh, into your, your first book, if I can, briefly. Um what are some of the key messages and key uh, ideas, suggestions that you want people to take away after reading your book? 
when when I'm asked the question of what do I want others to take away, I want others to take away what most resonates with them because even I myself is a student of my own writings. Because even though I have written them physically, it's a higher power inside of me that encouraged me to write it. So I myself have to take away that. What I would love for others to have an understanding of and the ability to do is to be self-aware, to, to acknowledge what does this functionality look like? Because I don't know what someone else who's reading these books, what, what they're going through. And so they might be able to identify what does this functionality look like in my culture. Oh, wow, this is what it was. This is something I did every single day. This is something that we do all the time. I didn't know that it was dysfunctional. So I would love for others to be able to become self-aware um, once they read this book. And again, I myself even have to study these books myself. Uh, I, I said that was my last question about your book, but I got one more. Uh, the cover is amazing. Uh, can you talk to me about the cover? Who did the artwork? Uh, because it's really eye-catching and it really grabs you in. So talk to me about the cover. Oh, wow. The cover. <laughs> it took me about three months to get that cover right because I I, I, I I interviewed so many people and no one could understand what I meant. People were drawing skies and Jesus <laughs> and, you know, they didn't understand what I meant. So I had to go back to the original guy who did my artwork to begin with. And I just drew it on a piece of paper and he just understood the assignment to the T. <laughs> um, so on the right, on the left side of her body, where you see there's a metal, um, that is the wall right there. That's the, that's the disease. That's the dysfunctionality. That's the trauma that she's going through. And this, this is why you might see one of her eyes a different color. And on the right side of her body, this is her blossoming, blossoming out of the dysfunctionality. And so the background, you might see the generational, um, the DNA, and these are the DNA dysfunctionality that was in her mind, that was inscripted in her to believe who, what she thought she was more so. <laughs> well done. Well done. Really, really nice cover. Um, quickly now, let me just pivot and talk to you about your first book, Damsel in Distress. And in that book, you go deeper into emotional codependency. So uh, I'm, I'm quite sure it's all related together, your first and your second book. But tell me about your first book. Uh, and why you decided to focus on the codependency aspect of what you've gone through. Ooh, <laughs> I began to focus on the codependency because then at that time, this is where the calling, this is where the seed that was already implanted in my head about writing, this is where it began. And I'm already with a student in school for psychology. And so I was on the quest of understanding who I was. I was in a dysfunctional relationship, wanting it to be functional. And the young man being from East Africa and I'm being from the West Indies, we were two different vibrations. So mm -hmm. I was more aggressive and he was more submissive. And in our culture as women in the Caribbean, we have to go get what we want. We can't wait till the mango fall along on the tree. We got to go up on the tree and pick the mango. And so he looked at me like, why you can't just be the damsel in distress? So what is this man talking about, God? So I went to YouTube and I look at um, Google and I said, Google, what is the damsel in distress and what does this mean? And Google said, a woman who's always in a distressful mode and needs to be saved. I said, what? This man want me to be in this position? This man crazy. <laughs> so I brought it to my professor, Dr. Melvin Chandler. And I said, Dr. Chandler, what is he talking about? And he said, Kali, he wants you. He wants to rescue you. I said, rescue me? For what? But in, 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 in the time, I did need help. But he saw my assertion and my will to survive as a threat. He didn't see my breakdown. He saw my breakdown. He didn't, wasn't able to recognize my breakdown because it looked too much 
like his and he wasn't willing to look at his. And so once I began to get a better understanding of what this damsels in distress mean, I said, well, the damsels in distress because of her own dysfunctionality. And then I understood that the, the war between, the dance between the damsel and Prince Charming is a codependent dance, that they have the narcissistic dance. And um, so that's why I began to, to dig a little bit more deeper into myself and said, I am a codependent and I'm an emotional codependent who's addicted to someone needing to save me. So I was a damsel in distress to begin with. And when I speak about the damsel in distress, I'm not just speaking about women. I'm speaking about men because some brothers are damsel in distress too, mm. you know? Mm -hmm. So I guess that answer, that was a pretty mouthful. So No, no, no. It's right on point. Thank you for, for the context. And again, I, I encourage everyone to go out uh, and get, you know, you have two books now. Congratulations. Yes. Uh, the War Thank in you. the Heavens, Breaking the Chain of Generational Curses, and Damsel in Distress, Coping with Emotional Codependency. Um, if people want more information about you, uh, about your books, uh, about your career and, um, you know, everything. And, and first of all, congratulations for even, even being able to, to come through all of that, because a lot of folks don't get to get on the other side, right? They don't get to have that self-reflection and then begin the process of healing. So congratulations to you on, on that. Thank but if you. people want more information about you or the book, uh, where can they go? They can reach me at Instagram as G E M. B-O-U-K-S, that's Gem Books, underscore LLC. And it also can be reached Facebook, Twitter, and other, any other platform with the same name. And Gem Books at gembooks.org as well. Excellent. And the book is available everywhere, right? Amazon. The book and... is available everywhere. Yep. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target, Walmart. They're all over the internet and all can be all found. Let me say both books are available everywhere because remember they, yes. and I think they go hand in hand. So uh, again, Jim, thank you so much for coming on the Edric show. Thank you for the, the courage you're showing to help others because uh, you have definitely shown your vulnerability and, and it's hard to do that. Uh, but through your work, through your writing, uh, you are helping people who are probably going through something similar and let's hope that everybody who reads your book can get the help that they need uh, to overcome these generational uh, curses and emotional codependency. So thank you so much for, for coming on the Edric Show. Thank you. May I, may I say this last thing? Absolutely. I want also for my readers to understand that there's no need to be ashamed. Um, and in order for you to heal, you have to be vulnerable. And there's strength in vulnerability. Don't believe that because you're vulnerable, you're going to be exposed and then you're going to be wounded. There's strength. There's, there's so much power in being vulnerable. Because, but you have to be vulnerable with discernment. And what I mean by that is you have to be able to attune to your inner voice and not your ego and understand the difference between two so you can know when it's guiding you to your vulnerability. Because your vulnerability, when you become vulnerable, you become like childlike. And when you're childlike, God will protect you. And so don't be afraid to be vulnerable in order to go through your healing process. Healing is ugly, but in the beginning and in, in the end, it is beautiful. And understand that beginnings are never easy, but you got to be dedicated to the process. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, again, this has been another edition of The Edric Show. I am your host, Edric Jerome. My guest has been Jim C. Colley. She's the author of the latest, her latest book, The War in the Heavens, 
Breaking the Chain of Generational Curses, and also her first book, Damsel in Distress, Coping with Emotional Codependency. The books are available everywhere. Jim, again, thank you for coming on Edgic Show. I really appreciate it. Sincerely. All right. Again, thank everyone for tuning in. This is the place for intelligent conversation with interesting people. Please hit that subscribe button. Look for us on YouTube, Spotify, all major online podcast streaming services. I do want to thank you for tuning in and we will catch you on the next